Welcome all, and thanks for listening to Brubble, a podcast gathering young voices and perspectives from around the Brussels bubble. Russia's war in Ukraine is undoubtedly the geopolitical event of this short decade so far, and it's had some similar seismic impacts on both domestic and international policies, most notably, perhaps, on Finland and Sweden, who are putting aside traditional neutral policies to formally apply to join NATO. I'm Simon, and today I'm joined by Aro to discuss how Finland came to this decision, what Aro thinks about it as a Finn himself, and what impacts this will have on Europe, both inside and outside our quaint little Brussels bubble. So, Aro, you are our lucky number one guest on this beautiful little podcast series, and I think it's only best to start off by asking you to tell the beautiful listeners, who are you, what do you do in life, what brings you to Brussels? Yeah, thanks for inviting me here, uh, Simon. I'm a 24-year-old uh, student of political science from Helsinki. Also, I study a little bit of international relations, economics, French communications. Now I ended up here in Brussels for a while. Doing, I'm doing a traineeship here. I'm overall a curious person, following the events around the world, around me, related to history, politics, culture, media. Also a cinema enthusiast. Mm. To be honest, who isn't a cinema enthusiast these yeah. days? I mean, yeah. locked up all day, <laughs> you know, true. watching yeah. a screen. But yeah. uh, no, how long have you been in Brussels then? Because I, I understand you're here on some kind of traineesh- traineeship, right? So what, what's, your, what's your timeline in this city? So I came here in uh, January. Mm-hmm. So I've been here, what does it make, four or five months now? Yeah. yeah. And I will leave probably in the end of June or in the beginning of July. See, that kind of mirrors my own journey because, as the listeners might now know, I'm, I'm Simon. I, I came here, I grew up in Canada, but I did a master's in the Netherlands, and now I'm working in Brussels in, mm-hmm. one, of the, in one of the tech companies on European government affairs. Mm-hmm. And I came in November, right? And it was instantly dark. And it kept being dark and dark and dark, and it's finally starting to become light. So I kind of feel bad for you. You're leaving right as, like, the summer hits, and you had to suffer all the miserable Brussels darkness. I mean, you have to remember that I come from Finland, <laughs> and darkness is nothing new to me. Uh, so it feels it has has been uh, rather light when you compare it to to Finland. Well, I mean, do you mean darkness in the physical sense or the metaphorical sense? Because we're going to be diving a little into Finland's little history of its own here today. And this podcast, I want to explore a bit that Finland topic. Uh, get your views as a Finn on what this whole NATO ascension process means, as well as how it ties into Finland's unique history, uh, mm-hmm. admittedly. So I, I kind of want to start by asking, I know personally every country is special. We, mm-hmm. we have to say that. Yeah. But why do you think that Finland is special as a Finn yourself? For instance, what should people know about your country that you don't think they get from the textbooks? Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, darkness because there's this certain stereotype that fin- Finnish people are not the most talkative or uh, not, the, not the most uh, social people. But actually, uh, according to World Happiness Report, Finland is the happiest country in the world, has been for many years now. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, usually very surprising news. So that's something. Uh, also, we are, we are heavy coffee drinkers. So we, we drink the most coffee per, per capita, and I'm uh, sipping uh, coffee right now as well. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what else should I tell? Well, we have uh, the best air quality of Europe, and... Uh, uh, to be honest, though, you're, you're, also, <laughs> you're, you're also a bit in, like, the furthest northern part of Europe, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would be surprised yeah. if you didn't yeah. have the best air quality, so to say. Yeah. Also something that uh, Finnish people always like to remind of 
is that uh, we were the first country in Europe where women were allowed to vote. Mm. So, yeah. On the topic of some of your history, I mean, women voting, some kind of history there. I, I think history is always an important factor behind any like modern political developments. And we're not going to focus on women voting here, even though it's definitely an important topic. Mm-hmm. But as someone who always grew up, well, as someone who grew up not European, Finland has always struck me as a country with a very unique yet still powerful history. And I kind of want to focus on that before we get into the hot button issues that we'll talk about in a second. But what do you as a Finn think that the important aspects of your history are that you want us to keep in mind when we think about NATO, NATO extension, Russia, etc.? Yeah, uh, the, the history of Finland is is quite quite complicated. So I think we have to go back to the time when we were part of Russia, actually. So 1809, Russia invaded Finland. Finland used to be part of Sweden before that, part of the Swedish kingdom. And then we became an autonomous part of the Russian Empire. And we were part of Russia for more than 100 years. So that is something that that you have to keep in mind. Then uh, 1917 when there was a Bolshevik revolution in Russia, then Finland saw that this might be a good point for us to <laughs> kind of exit this. <laughs> Quietly exit yeah, left stage, yeah. right? <laughs> let's, let's just leave. So uh, that's when Finland became independent. And right after that, we had a, a very bloody civil war mm. in the, the spring of 1918. And then another thing that I think you should know is that in 1939... There was a war that we call Winter War. Mm-hmm. It has some similarities to the to the war that is now happening in, in Ukraine. So yeah, o- overall kind of more of a troubled time. Because I, I feel like your history, I mean, the only real ups I see in what you gave there were leaving Russia, gaining some independence, which, I mean, as a sovereign state, you know, you kind of want that on your own. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just about the, uh, about the Winter War, so we were kind of successful because we remained sovereign. Uh, but that is kind of kind of a national trauma that fi- that is there in the in the back of back of the head of Finnish people that we want to prevent a situation where we are attacked and we are alone because in during the winter war we were really alone mm. so coming to to this year and joining the NATO i think the fear of being left alone is <laughs> is one of the reasons why we now are joining yeah do you i mean I mean, you're completely Finnish. You've grown up Finnish parents, grandparents. What do they think about kind of like the history, the current ongoings, or is that a bit too personal to ask? Well, when, when you look at the, the history and family history, everyone, or at least almost everyone, has some relatives who, who were fighting in the, in the Second World War, in the Winter War. In the, uh, so mm, it's kind of left a mark, you would say. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that mark kind of plays out today? Hmm. I think there's a, like a tu- uh, there's a turning point now because after the Second World War, many people thought that we have to prevent this in every possible way. Mm-hmm. There must be another way to live with your neighbor than going to war with them. Yeah, and that has been the the key idea that let's try to have a friendly relationship with Russia to prevent war. And that, that is a, a topic that is very polarizing in Finland because so, for example, during the, during the Cold War, we were trying to keep those friendly relationships with, with Russia. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, 
maybe we went a bit too far. So there is there's a concept called Finlandization. Mm. So by Finlandization, I guess we mean those moments where Finland went a bit too far, trying to please Russia, uh, trying to not make Russia mad. We were being maybe a bit too too careful on what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of sentiments, like when I read the media about what's going on in Russia and Finland right now, a lot of sentiments are kind of at play where it's, Mm -hmm. is neutrality really a dead concept as people are saying, is Finland, the the concept you mentioned, Finlandization, is that really something that is sustainable or not sustainable, really negative? And that's really come to play, I guess, in these moments around today, well, yesterday, when Finland officially, together with Sweden, submitted their joint bid to join NATO. Should we do a quick overview of Finland's NATO accession? Let's, let's make a quick timeline here. Wh- wh- where do you mentally, when you think of NATO's Finland accession, or when you tell your grandchildren in 50 years, where, d- where will you put the starting point of this being? So you have to go to to 90s. When the Soviet Union collapsed, that was a moment for Finland to lean, lean more towards the West. Finland joining EU in 1995 was a security choice for us. And in the end of the 90s, there was already some people saying, why don't we join NATO as well? Uh, but until this day, the support, the public support for joining NATO hasn't been, uh, hasn't been high. It's been somewhere between 20-25%, the people who strongly want to join NATO. Mm-hmm. The rest have been either against or unsure about it. Why? Just a finish way of life, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thinking that we, are, we want to stay neutral, it's, I think it's a strong part of our history. And during the Cold War, we were really neutral. So we hosted a lot of uh, international events where the East and the West, they could meet in, in a neutral ground yeah. in Helsinki, for example, in uh, uh, 1974. But you have to remember that from the 90s, from 95, we haven't been neutral anymore. We have been militarily non-aligned, mm-hmm. but we have not been neutral anymore. That's, that's a good point to make, because I always assumed Finland was kind of just neutral, right? Yeah. We, are, we, are, we have been strong allies of NATO for many years already, so we are certainly we have we have not been neutral, and Finland has been already almost part of uh, part of NATO. <laughs> so our defense forces are very mm. they kind of match the NATO standards already. The only thing that we have been missing is the kind of formal membership of NATO, which brings us the security guarantees, the fifth article, yeah. security guarantees. Yeah, no, it's interesting because uh, I, I kind of knew like the, the partnership for peace program and all that. You're, you're pretty heavily involved in these NATO activities. How much of a surprise was it to you that this NATO dialogue came back so seriously following Ukraine? Was this something that you would have expected a few years ago? Well, if you would have asked me, will a five-party coalition government led by the Social Democrats, will they take Finland to, to NATO in 2022? I would have said... No, that's not going to happen, <laughs> because before the election, four of those five parties in the government were against NATO. Huh. So uh, it was a very dramatic change, a very quick change that happened before the 24th of February, mm. when Russia attacked Ukraine. The, the sentiment changed very dramatically after that. Have you noticed that, like, in your own personal thoughts or in your family or friends? Like, did that, have you actually seen that change amongst, like, the Finlandians or the Finns you know? <laughs> yeah, so uh, part of my friends have, have been 
pro-NATO uh, already for, for a longer period of time. Part of my friends have been more skeptical, some of them more strongly opposing, some of them kind of in the middle. So I've, I've seen many people change their minds about joining NATO. So the ones who were against are maybe thinking, hmm, maybe NATO is the kind of necessary evil. Even people who are not fans of NATO or wouldn't call themselves NATO enthusiasts, <laughs> they are now kind of, maybe it's just a thing we, we have to do now because not joining would be a bigger risk. True. I guess in some senses, too, to play on the, the, the skeptical Finn stereotype, maybe joining NATO is the more skeptical or hesitant move, the more cautious move to do now. Yeah, I think Finns still agree on the, the fact that there is not a huge risk that Russia is going to attack us. Uh, I think it's more of like a guarantee that, that Finnish people want to have now, mm. uh, that just in case... Just in case something happens, <laughs> we are not left alone. Just a safety net, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a safety net. It's mm, In the public conversation, it has been a very dominant uh, argument that we want to have the, the security guarantee, the fifth article security guarantee, that if there is an attack towards Finland, the other NATO countries, they will support us. They will, yeah. they will give us a helping hand. And, and also Finnish people feel that by joining the NATO, we kind of lower lower the risk of an attack on yeah. our, our country. No, it's interesting. And it, it's kind of interesting how it all, how it resulted so quickly in that application we saw uh, yesterday now. Let's, uh, let's start to bring this all together a bit now and, and kind of analyze where do you think this issue is going to go end up? I mean, we're both international relations. Well, I'm a graduate, you're a student. Um, where do you think this will end up? I know we're terrible at predictions, but... Well, on uh, 12th of May, our prime minister and the president, they made a common statement that Finland should join NATO, that they are for NATO membership. And on Monday, 16th, there was a long discussion in the Finnish parliament. And on 17th of May, the, the parliament voted for, for joining NATO. So 188 of 200 members of the Finnish parliament voted for joining NATO. Mm -hmm. And this week, the, the NATO ambassador of Finland came to Brussels <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, with Sweden to say that we, we want to join now. Yeah, take some nice photo ops, right? Yeah, and now it's, uh, to be honest, we can only guess how, how long the, the process is going to take because all of the 30 NATO countries, they have to accept Finland and it has to go through the national gov national parliaments. So it's now up to other NATO countries what will happen. And as we've seen, there's some rocks on the road, for sure. <laughs> Should we call out some of those rocks? I mean, we've seen Turkey really enter the fray, coming arms, like, you know, swinging at Finland, of all states, and Sweden calling you friends of terrorism, I think the quote was, or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you don't seem that much of a terrorist to me, but uh, what do you think of those statements? Yeah, I'm not, not an expert in, in Turkish politics, but for me it seems like bargaining. They have something that they want to they want to get, and they are just using Finland and Sweden now as a tool for their own objectives. Mm. Yeah, because I think I remember reading that they also want to the release of like a political uh, advocate or something that was hiding away in America and stuff like that. And it's like, and, and you're you're bartering Finland's fate on that. I see. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's more of a message towards the United States 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very specific topic that we could really talk another half an hour for. Yeah, yeah. And, and ideally we need some sort of a Turkish perspective as well to offer some insights into that. So I, I guess, Aro, on the topic of a bit about joining NATO, there are certain advantages and disadvantages, I guess. I mean, one of the disadvantages now to pay that, you know, that hefty, you know, 2% like NATO, some fee in your defense budget. But do you think there's also advantages or things you'll be able to do better as a country moving forward? Um, well, for example, if we look at our foreign policy, Finland wants to do um, human rights-based foreign policy. And as a part of NATO, I think we, we might be more, more comfortable with criticizing the human rights situation in Russia and not being so afraid of, <laughs> of, of our neighbor anymore. Of course, on the other hand, can we can we criticize the human rights situation in in Turkey, for example? Yeah. Or can we can we criticize the human rights situation in Hungary, as a as a part of the same military alliance? I I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that come up like that. But it's it's interesting that you think that maybe joining a larger organization will give you mm-hmm. more independence on how to practice, I guess, what you want as a country. Yeah. domestically yeah yeah hey all i just want to do a quick cut to thank you all for to listening to us right now and if you could like this episode or share that would be amazing also if you would like to be on this podcast feel free to send me an email in the email address below i'm always looking for new people to share their voices their stories and it's just a great way to you know practice your podcasting abilities so hope to see you there thanks i, I guess um what do we think the ramifications of this will have on the eu and I guess policymakers in general. I know we're we're relatively junior, both of us. But if we were preparing a brief, writing a memo, something like that, what are those key, like you know, points to keep your eye on? Those, those explosive little details that you you would want to include yourself personally. To be honest, uh, I think it it won't be a very dramatic change to to other EU countries. The biggest effect will be most likely for for the Baltic Sea region. And of course, we hope that the the Baltic Sea region will remain stable and peaceful peaceful region. But I guess the EU security policy will will continue to to go forward. Yeah, just just run as it is. Yeah, because it is interesting. Because I do think maybe this will bring Finland even closer to I guess Europe in a sense. I mean, you've always seemed a bit distant, but <laughs> maybe it's because we're sitting separated by a meter here. But. <laughs> There is the there is the argument that that by joining NATO we are joining this Western family, mm-hmm. but how I see it is that we have already been part of that 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 family, and uh, NATO is more of a security decision for for Finland. Yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of like going more to I guess like uh, not going to the wedding but going to like the after party if I want to say. Yeah, interesting. I kind of want to end this by by bringing you in a bit, Aro, and asking a bit, what do you make of this personally as a Finn? Do you have any perspectives on this? Any stances you want to go public about? (laughs) Or are you going to be cautious like your forefathers? (laughs) No, uh, I think what is is interesting is that many politicians have said before that before joining NATO, we will have a referendum for sure. Mm. So... The, the the president of Finland, Sauli Niinistö, he has always said that there there will be a referendum before we join, but now there wasn't there was no referendum because of the kind of 
schedule that we had to uh, keep up with. So there was this certain time window where we just you just had to make it. We right? had had to make the decision very quickly, and there was no time for referendum. So I think it's interesting from a political science student perspective. Do people see the process as democratic mm. enough? Uh, so there are some people who are saying that we would have liked to have the, the <laughs> referendum. And what, what do you make of it, though? Do you think it was democratic enough? Because are, are you, you know, sad that you didn't have the chance to submit that referendum ballot? Because, you know, we all love referendums. But <laughs> uh, I think we had our, our schedule, with which was <laughs> what it was. So there would have been a lot of problems with the referendum, of course, as mm-hmm. well. So always when, when you make a political decision, a big one, very quickly, there is the risk that there will be a backlash afterwards. Let's say after, after five years, people will start asking the questions, hey, I don't remember, I don't re- remember you mentioning this and this and this yeah. consequence of joining the NATO. That's a very good point, though, because yeah. I, I think that it, I will be, I, I will, I mean, I hope we're not going to forget about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will for yeah. a long time here in Europe. But five years later, maybe if the conflict is hopefully finished, will we be still looking at NATO as, as much of a necessity for a place like Finland, where that one extremity really pushed it over? You know, there's a straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and it's just, uh, there was a wide public conversation, wide public discussion about whether we should join the NATO or not. Uh, but it's just interesting to see it was if it was thorough enough, mm-hmm. if all the voices were heard in a proper way. But I guess we will see that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good note to leave at. <laughs> just we'll see it afterwards. Ever the, ever the caution, you know, creeping in there. <laughs> I guess to kind of wrap it up, I, I like to ask uh, more of a personal question per se, which I didn't prepare you for. I will let the, the, let the audience know. Um, but I, w- I was a bit curious because, you know, you're, you're somewhat Scandinavian yourself, are you not? Uh, I would assume Finland fits in that criteria. And last weekend we had the Eurovision competition mm-hmm. and they always have these wacky bands and names and stuff like that. So, you know, you know where this is going, I can tell by your smile. If you were to create some kind of wacky Scandinavian band of sorts, what would you call it? It's <laughs> a hard question. Hopefully not the hardest one in this podcast because otherwise this issue doesn't seem difficult enough. What would I call my band? Yes, just go for it. See, to kind of spur you on, personally, I would involve something to do with aliens because the best, like, synth wave or, like, new age of 80s bands, I, I think they had alien-related names. So I thought it was, the, the, you know, the, the looking up into the stars, you know, looking beyond. Or you could go really hipster and just give it, like, one letter or something like that. Or are you more of, like, the, you know, write a sentence kind of guy? It's a very hard question <laughs> because I'm a, actually I'm a musician myself, so I, I play the drums. See, you should, uh, you should have had the answer for this a lot and quicker. And the, the best names I've already used for my bands. Oh, so, so now I have to think. Uh, so now it's like an NDA kind of situation here. Yeah. I will call it a house band. Just a house band. No, it's actually with a, with the Finnish letter O with dots. Oh, what, what do they call it again in English? They have this really wacky, it's like Motley Crue has one of those in there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. A house yeah. band. I'll take it. I'll take that for an answer. And I guess with that, we're wrapping up the first episode of the Brubble podcast, which 
I've still not decided if that's a great name or not, but we're going to roll with it yeah. anyways, I think. So, Aro, thanks for coming on so much. I've had a great Thank time you. learning a bit more about NATO, the intricacies. Of, I touched on my Finnish knowledge of all things. Um, but do you want to have a final word? You know, brag something about something, give a word of advice to our followers, say a f- sentence in your beautiful Finnish, anything you want. The mic is yours. Yeah, thanks so much for, for inviting me here for this spontaneous NATO talk, <laughs> even though I'm not an expert on security <laughs> policy. And yeah, these are just my kind of own student thoughts about this topic and my opinions might also change in the future. No, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you came on. I, I, I kind of want this podcast to be more about, you know, gathering voices and perspectives. Because I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, especially in Brussels, which do like the facts, hard straight facts, explaining incidents. But it's always good to know the people behind it. I guess that's yeah, why I, yeah. I kind of want to see this going. And yeah, I guess thanks for having on. And hopefully you'll catch us on the next episode. Yeah. See you later, everyone. Bye.